Welcome, welcome to another episode of Bridges in Tech or Diversity in Tech with Joanna Udo. On this episode, I am chatting with Rhonda Hill. Uh, Rhonda has spent uh, some of her time designing Fitbit clocks, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about that project as well as um overcoming imposter syndrome and just now spending time being there for others that are in similar situations as she was a few years ago. So please join me in welcoming Rhonda to the show. Yeah, but one thing about being in tech, and I got to tell you, just like a little of my background and my my family, I am the only one in my immediate family that has gone into the technology field slash the technology role. So for a majority of my life, I was, I'm always the go-to person for Christmases. It's like, can you put this together? Like, hey, you know, I'm always in charge of setting everything up, setting up the laptop, setting up the tablets. It's always like, you know, my dad, if he's got an issue with his phone, it's like Rhonda is basically like the go-to person to fix everything. And it has its pros and its cons because sometimes you're tired and you really don't want to be that designated person to do all of that stuff. But then at the same time, I guess it kind of comes with the territory because they, in a way, it's like they, they look up Trust to you. you. Yeah, they trust you. They're you know oh, this person. I this is my family member that's in tech, and um, I I know that they're gonna help me get from point A to point B and figure out a solu- figure out a solution. Yeah. So yeah, I mean as I, as much as I love my family, it does get annoying at times. But you know I know why they do it. I know why they do it. So for me, it's like, I stopped doing it. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like sometimes you have to put your foot down. Like my dad oh. would be at eleven p.m. and it was just like. Dad, like, can this wait until morning? Because, like, mm-hmm. and he'll call. He'll call. He's like, I need help with my phone, and I'm just like, I'm tired. <laughs> so sometimes you do have to set. It. I feel like even though it's your family and you love them very much, sometimes you have to set a boundary because, like, they will literally you like crows in every space. Yeah, yeah. for everything. Well, you help me set up my emails, and so I'm not getting. So it's like everything, even if it's not really related to what you do. Right. You're just a tech person, whatever it is. (laughs) They for them and people who are really not tech people, they just see technology as like a whole. It's like, oh, you're in tech, you can fix that, you know, and and that's it. So um there is a misconception, I think, also when you think of the term when people think technology, yeah, uh, it's like they just think it's wide scale, but they don't realize that technology is broken down into so many different categories. You know, you got mobile technology, yeah, and then under that you've got communications and you've got, you know, you've got the developers, you know, you've got the programmers and things like that. So your engineers um, and engineers. (laughs) I mean there's there's people so it's it's just so many different levels to technology. Um, And I think that that's why I love it so much. I enjoy it and I love it so much because there's just so many different layers to technology. Um, And for me, I religiously started to get more into development about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I always had the technology background. Um, I always had coding experience uh, and I had started years ago, but I had stopped coding Mm -hmm. for a little bit just to, you know, to focus more on the information technology side of things uh, Mm -hmm. because I work, I currently, in my current workplace, I work in information technology. So, and there's just so much involved in that, you know, you've got the communications, we do service desk. There's so many different layers to what I do in IT that, you know, I gave the coding stuff a break for a little bit and about three, I want to say at least religiously three years ago, Mm -hmm. uh, I decided to get back into it because, um, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I see that it's getting bigger. You know, I see that it's growing and it's getting bigger and it's something that I may want to focus on a little bit more seriously. So that's what got me back into coding. Um, okay. that's really what got me back into the whole thing at the time when I was doing it, I, I, was just really doing it, you know, because I wanted to just brush up on my skill set. I just wanted to learn a little bit more uh, on back-end technologies and things like that. So I said, hey, you know, I'll give it another shot and, you know, get back into it. Um, I ended up 
reach, I, well, I didn't reach out to Fitbit. I ended up doing some development for Fitbit, like as in a developer creating clock faces, like watches and clocks. And that took off. I didn't realize that it would take off as, you know, as much as it did, but it, that really took off for me. And um, so I've been doing that since then. And it's wow. been really, it's been really fun to do, you know, I'm always creating new projects and things like that. But when I first went into it for me, it was, um, I just wanted to learn. It was for me, it was like a learning experience. I just want to mm-hmm. brush up, get some new skills behind my, my belt. And, you know, just kind of yeah. went on from there. I got to admit, I was very growing up, growing up, especially like in small town South, I didn't know as much, you know, I can say in a way that I grew up very sheltered. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when you grow up sheltered, sometimes you have a little bit of naive about you. So when you go to a place like a big city, you learn so much. And when I came yes. to New York, I, it was just little simple things for me. Like I didn't realize that other people existed <laughs> aside from <laughs> black and white. Like when you grow up in the South and around that time, it was just, it was mostly black and white. Right. So, and, and now it's and, like this. Other racist and yeah, some so of them are mixed with other things. <laughs> yeah. So I came to New York and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's there's other and, and it probably sounds really dumb, but like No, this I didn't realize thing. that there were other people that existed outside of my little sheltered yeah. you know, southern world because it was right. just what I was always exposed to. So when I came to New York, it was like for me, I learned a lot from being in New York. Like I learned mm-hmm. about other cultures. I met so many amazing people. Like, mm-hmm. and it and it just really opened my eyes and it opened my mind to a much bigger world. Mm-hmm. And initially, you know, I originally wanted to be like in the army, which is kind of, <laughs> it's kind of bizarre, but you know, when you're like a teen or whatever, I, that's kind of what I wanted to do at the time. And I, eventually I trickled my way into the tech field. So for me, my story is a little bit different. It was like, I, I kind of trickled into the tech field. I won a scholarship. Um, I did like a, I was in like an art contest and I've always been very artsy and creative on that side of things. And um. I entered this contest and um, I didn't think that I would win. It was just, oh, no, I'm going to do this art, you know, into this contest. And it turns out that I won. So I won a scholarship to FIT, uh, FIT, which is uh, the Fashion Institute Institute. Technology. Yeah, at the time. And it it was like a summer scholarship. So it wasn't like a full, you know, full, full one or two year. It was like a summer scholarship where I got a chance to participate or, or, or do whatever I wanted that summer. And I was initially going to do an art, something in the arts. Right. And at that particular time, they offered a class that taught you how to create or build websites. And I said to myself, oh, that sounds really interesting. That, that's something that I might want to take a look into. Um, so I, so that's how I got started when people ask me, wow, how did you, that's how I got started. I entered that particular summer program and I learned everything there was at the time. It was pretty basic. So it was like HTML. Um, it was basically the HTML CSS side of things. And I built my own webpage. They, they showed you how to do all of those things at the time. And again, it was very limited, but it was foundational. And I basically took what I learned and, you know, kind of on my own started to delve into little things like building sites and things like that at that time. And then as I went into college, I went into four-year college in New York at the New York City College of Technology, and I got like a bachelor's in technology. Okay. Um, And and so from there, that's kind of like how I went. How old were you when you won the contest? It was a high school contest and I was coming out of high school. It just so happened to fall in a place that way where I was able to take that prior to going to college. So that mm-hmm. worked out well. Yeah, because it set that foundation. Yeah, yeah. So and um, so then after that, I went into the New York City College of, Te- of Technology, excuse me. And um, so for that next four years, it mm-hmm. was, um, you know, it was like a lot of tech. It was uh, entertainment tech. It was stage tech. And then it was just, um, you know, um, like science in the sciences. So 
uh, at the end of the day, when it was all said and done, I ended up getting that bachelor's degree in technology, which I'm really happy about. Uh, and then coming out of college, I think that I did a couple of internships. I feel really old right now trying to think back. Uh, I did I did a couple of internships. So I so my first internship was with a place called Broadway Inner Circle. And I think that I was doing that internship at the time I was still in college. So it's just kind of like I was doing that to make a buck, you know, to pay for some of my, um, as you know, college can be very expensive. So I did that to make a couple books to help pay off my student loans. So I I made a lot of student loans. My goal was to pay off the student loan before, you know, beforehand. So it wouldn't have to be something that I dealt with, like, I don't know, for the next, I don't know how many years. You know, 25 years usually. 25, no, 30, 30 years of trying to pay off student loans. So that helped me like kind of get a leg up on, on all of those payments. So I was able to do that. And then after that, I went on to work with the Food Network, actually. I worked no with the way. Food Network, which was so, there was so much food involved. But I worked, <laughs> That's how I, you became I, a foodie. That was the point. But um, yeah, so it, I worked with the Food, food Network as an intern and I interned a couple of their shows like you know tech the techie stuff uh you know behind the scenes and of course being an intern you kind of run back and forth with coffee too so you gotta like right so at that time classic internship and this is probably about I want to say like a good 15 or 16 17 years ago when internships were mostly seen as you're running back and forth for the crew and bringing them coffee and, and all of that stuff. But my internship at that time, I would probably say that I was kind of one of the lucky ones because my internship actually consisted of much more than that. Like I, they really put me to work on the food network. So um, I got a chance to do some, a lot of work as well. So um, and so once that experience was like said and done, would I do it again? I I realized that for me, the technology part of stage and design wasn't really for me. And, and I, I'm fortunate enough that my degree allowed me to do some of that, you know, to an extent. But then I realized that my heart was more so in the tech, you know, the computer, you know, computers and websites, that side of it all, as opposed to doing the whole entertainment stuff. So after I obtained that, and you know, I remember being in college and I, I had to get like through a lot of the math and everything. And math was always my worst subject coming up. Math was always like, and I, not to say that I hated math, but math <laughs> was never my favorite subject. Okay. And it was I not mine either. So in, uh, yeah, I <laughs> remember alone. in high school, I remember in high school just struggling with it. It wasn't so bad like in like the younger years, but in high school, I struggled struggled a little bit with it and I got through it. Um, and then college, of course, at college, I had like, when you're in technology itself, you have to take some sort of math right. or yeah. some type of math. And um, for me, I look at numbers differently. Like, so I could go into like a math class, get whatever I need to get done. And that's fine. And I'll probably get like a good 89 or not, you know, something like that in terms of like a GPA or like an average. But I've always looked at numbers differently. And it's probably I don't know if this sounds weird, but numbers from numbers are usually in my head. Like I am like a human calculator. I calculate things differently from just writing it on paper. Mm -hmm. I can calculate things in my head and the numbers just literally just go through my head. And I think that has given me an advantage when it comes to at my current workplace and for me with scheduling and doing all those different things, I just do it like clockwork because there's always something going on in my head. So I don't know if there's a term for that, but I, I, yeah, (laughs) I'm like a calculator. I calculate in my head. I, you know, I do percentages in my, everything happens in my head. So okay, I don't me, know how to do percentages. So you got me beat. Yeah, yeah. It's like it will sometimes it's hard to turn off though. Like that's the only downside. It's like when you constantly have numbers in your head or your head feels like a calculator and you you're constantly it can be a little nerve wracking because it's hard to sleep sometimes. So for me, it's like although I've never really liked math as much, math 
typically happens in my head. Like I can calculate mm-hmm. something like that. And it just, mm-hmm. just works. My brain just works that way where it's always putting something together. Like it's always calculating or putting something together. So you can right. throw something at me. You can throw a task at me like, Hey, you know, can you do A, B and C for me uh, by next week or by Tuesday? And I already have it put together. Yeah. 10 minutes after you've asked me what to do. Uh, and I, like, so I already have it together, but I'll sometimes wait until like Monday or Tuesday because like, I don't <laughs> want to be that person where it's like, oh man, I just asked her and she had it done. And so it, 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 I would kind of experience that sometimes at work, like in, in my workplace, it was just kind of like, you know, I would be asked to do a task and I would literally have that task together in my head, but I didn't want to you know, push it out because I didn't want, yeah. want someone to think like, oh, you know, she did it so fast. She's a show off. She's a show off. So I held myself back. You know, you sometimes hold yourself back, especially don't being do that. Like, yeah, I don't hold but, yourself back. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I so know. I am, I am exactly the same way. I would have a conversation with somebody and as you're talking, my brain is already turning. Like I have an answer. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so, you know, the whole thing where it's like, don't be quick to speak and yeah. this yeah. and that. And it's like, but, 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 but I have an answer. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. And I think that's yeah. what it is for me. It's like, you, it, even when it comes to stuff like a design, someone will come to me like, hey, you know, could you help me put together this PowerPoint or whatever it is? And they're explaining what they want. And in my head, my brain has already put together the project yeah, and, and it's like, it. I know, I know that the project is going to be great and not mm-hmm. to, you know, sound full of myself, but in my head, it's like, I put this amazing project together. Yeah. yeah and no. after there, after that, I'm, I start to work on it. And then the end result that it, it is, it's amazing. But, you know, sometimes I don't want to speak. Or mm-hmm. I don't want to put myself out there and make it seem like I'm like a know-it-all or like I'm mm-hmm. speaking over someone and you yeah. hold yourself back in that sense because, you know, I don't want that. I said, if they ask for it by Tuesday, I'll work on something, put it together by Tuesday and then present it. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to be too ahead of you don't want to be too ahead of yourself, but at the same time, you want to, hey, if I get that out sooner, it might be a good thing. You know, so yeah, sometimes yeah. you have to use judgment in those situations. Like if I'm doing something, you know, a lot of the times I just try to use judgment on like what's the best timing to present this document right. or to present that project, you know. So well, we're, we're going to ask the audience. Uh, so if you're listening to this podcast, uh, what do you think is best to do? Should you hold yourself back? If you already know the answer, you got the work done, but it's so far ahead of deadline, right. should you turn it in? Should you turn it in? Will they think like, oh gosh, like, you know, Samantha, she really like turned this in. I just asked her like two hours ago. You know? <laughs> or, you the know. only problem I see with that is that they get used to you doing that. So then they just use right. you. So you get right. used because, yeah. oh, Rhonda can get it done in two hours, right? Yeah. And then the expectation mean, now. like Right, so wow. now it's an expectation of them giving you a... Uh, one week deadline though like it's two hours and now yeah you've already had you've already had yeah now you already have 10 deadlines of two hours so So then it becomes a a problem overwhelming it it can be a little overwhelming and you know another thing that i wanted to uh bring up to the audience is i know that this topic has come up a lot but there's this thing called imposter syndrome and yes big topic imposter syndrome especially if you're a person of color uh and you're in the technology field um i experienced imposter syndrome and and i'm going to be honest with you guys i experienced imposter syndrome it was at least the start of like last year or maybe even the year before last and i would be like saying to myself like man you know I've got like all of these skills, you know, and in a way I, I can say that I held myself back because at the time I wasn't really ready to say, Hey, I can do a B and C. 
Mm-hmm. Hey, like, you know, I've got like all of these other great things that's going on. You know, I wasn't really to that point where I was ready to like really come out of my shell. And I'm, I'm really an introverted person. Like I'm all, I've always been like a to myself kind of person. Really? Uh, I get most of, yeah, yeah. Uh, you would, you wouldn't think, but <laughs> when I feel comfortable around people and I sense your energy, yeah. I'm more open. Yeah. Um, but if I sense people's energies are really just not there, I'm like mm-hmm. really, really, really quiet. So yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people mistake me as being like a really extroverted person when most of the time I get my energy from just kind of being chill and alone and like to myself. Right. But if I'm around people that I really enjoy being around, like my coworkers are really fun and things like that. Like I'm mm-hmm. really like super, super bubbly. And then like after my energy drains, I'm like kind of back down to being quiet again. So it's right. like, are you okay? Is something wrong? <laughs> yeah. So, like, I always get asked, like, oh, are you are you sure you're okay when I'm kind of, like, in that moment? You know, at the end of the day, like, outside, like, when I'm leaving work, I'm not the person, like, oh, let's go have drinks, or I'm right. not. <laughs> by, by the end of the day, and by the time I'm leaving work, when I tell you my energy is so drained, like, my social energy, my social yeah. battery is so drained from the day, is that I'm super quiet, and I'm just, like, headed, headed home, unless I have, like, a code boot camp or something like that to go to, and then my energy is usually high again because like I'm around people that you know I like to work and help out and things like that so I feel like it really just uh it really just depends on like the situation or the people that you're around and the stimulus and things like that um but overall I'm usually a to myself person you would really be surprised (laughs) but if I like you and we're really cool and you come to New York it's like I'm I'm more fun so but I usually take a day off um, yeah so every single week I have one day that I am doing absolutely nothing with people, talking to people, dealing with people, any of that. Right. And it really just helps me um, recharge because I really cannot talk to people five days a week or seven days a yeah, week. Yeah, it, it, really like, it really gets like tiring like after a while. <laughs> it's just like, and people <laughs> kind of think like, oh, you're being, you know, rude an attitude or like and then it just goes downhill from there like oh you know you're weird you have an attitude this and that and a fourth when it's really just the opposite and you just need that time alone you need that space alone to to recharge you know right that and and i think that that's what it really boils down to but you know as far as the imposter syndrome i you know i would doubt myself and it didn't matter how good I was at something I would have those down moments where where I would just kind of think to myself man should I even be doing this you know you kind of doubt yourself and it's probably like a negative thing but you know you just these things start to pop in pop into your head like man you know like and I went through that and at the time I didn't really know what it was I didn't know that that's what I was dealing with and then you know last year I said you know I got to come out of this you know because I'm quite you know quiet I don't really talk I gotta come out of this feeling you know and and I would have friends and family just tell me all the time like I'm so I'm so proud of you like you're you you're like an inspiring person and you shouldn't Mm -hmm. feel like you know what you're doing isn't worth it Mm -hmm. so I would feel like oh my god like I would doubt myself all the ideas that I had you know it, even though they were good ideas and people at work would be like, Hey, great job. This is amazing. Rhonda. But yet I would still feel like, wow. I mean, it's so good that how could I possibly have done this? You know, you start mm-hmm. to really question yourself, especially again, being in tech, being a person of color, you, you get those doubts and it's like, should I be here? Yeah. And at the time, again, I didn't know what imposter syndrome was. So I would be right. going through all this stuff and I would Thinking have like my you're mentor- crazy. Yeah, I would have my mentor meetings and, you know, people say all of these great things about me and I just, you know. You don't see I just it. Couldn't, I couldn't grasp that or I couldn't see that because, I mean, who the heck knows why, but that was just kind of like the state that I was in at the time. Thankfully, what did you I was do- able to get that but what did you do to be able to pull yourself out of that you know what it was really having a really strong support system and I know that not a lot of people have that support system Mm -hmm. I never spoke to my parents about this like I would always just Mm -hmm. kind of confide in my friends and you know you know I would talk about like some of the accomplishments and I would even talk to like some of my managers at work when you know 
when I had would have like my mentor meetings, like, you know, hey, this is, you know, I feel and, you know, you shouldn't feel that way, you know, because you're really great asset to the company, you know, we value you. And it just took me understanding that it took me knowing that and it really just took me to kind of step away from myself for a bit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, think about all of the things that you've done for these some odd years, you know, mm-hmm. and just kind of putting myself in that mindset, that positive mindset that because like, I would always just feel like, man, I can't believe that I'm getting this feedback. I'm getting this great feedback from people. And I, it, it would probably say a lot about myself where I didn't feel that way toward myself. And mm-hmm. I had to build that confidence. And just recently, you know, as, as of last year, which is one of the reasons why I opened up my social media, I was always a person that never really posted a lot. I didn't want to give too much information about myself and you know in some points I wasn't really being honest with myself and I said you know what there are probably a ton more people out there that are going through what I'm what you're going, going through, through yeah what I've gone through and they mm-hmm. probably would love to get in tech but they don't yeah. know what to expect yeah and so I went out on a leap of faith you know I went out on I said you know what what have I got to lose? You know, and that was really, I said, what have I got to lose by sharing my experiences with other people, with sharing my experiences with the world? So I said, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And so here we are. <laughs> so I, and I've, gotten some really, <laughs> I've gotten some really great feedback so far. Oh from all of the amazing, pro- I mean, all of the amazing projects. And, you know, I get emails from companies and people, hey, you know, we want you to, you know, come to this event and that event. And it's been, it's been a very amazing and humbling experience. And I want others to see that. And I want others to, yeah. to feel that dose of positivity. Like, you know, even if you're doubting yourself, I've never been in tech before. I'm really interested in going into tech. What, where, where would I start? Where should mm-hmm. I start? Or mm-hmm. I want to be a coder. What do you think would be the best way to start about? And I get messages from people like that all the time, just asking for advice. And it's good to have that. Years ago, yeah. didn't have like years ago, there weren't people falling over to say, hey, you know, you should go in, you should go into tech. You know, you would tell a family member, it's like, oh, why are you doing that? It's like, there's always this stigma around, oh, I'm going to be in the tech field. And sometimes you get it from your own family. Oh, you're a nerd. You know, you get called, Nerd. I was oh, just what, going to say that. Nerdy stuff. You're never going to make it. Just sitting in front of a computer all the time. And this is all you do. You're never going to make it. You should become a nurse. You should a become nurse, something. A doctor. A teacher. Yeah. You know, it, or, or a doctor, and it, it's sort of like you, you get those expectations a lot from your fa- from your own family, yes. and, you know, so how are you expecting to get it from outside and from other people? So I do think that people do tend to get it discouraged because they don't really know where to start, and they don't have that support system or people to help them along the way. When I first got into tech, I didn't, I, you know, and I would tell some of, like, the mentors, man, I wish we had this mentorship program when I first started out yes. because this would have helped me build a little bit more confidence along the way right. and to have the, have that in place. And we didn't have those, th- those things years ago. It was just like, Hey, you're here, you know, welcome <laughs> to the club. literally you're kind of learning as you go along. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, and that's a good thing, but to have the things that we do have now, and yeah, we still have a way to go. But years ago, when I first got We didn't into, have any of this. It, like, it, this I mean, didn't exist. It didn't exist at all. So it's yeah. great to see. I think that it will eliminate a lot of the imposter syndrome that some people feel. Like, going yeah. forward, this is a good thing, you know? Yeah, feeling I like, agree. <laughs> you know, you're feeling feeling like, man, it's so good that you start to... You should never feel like the project or whatever it is that you worked on and, and it turned out so good that you start to doubt yourself because you did it. And I would feel like that a lot. Like, man, I'm like, I'm, I'm good at what I do. I'm, I'm really good at, why don't I feel like, you know, I'm good Why do at I what feel I do? the same way <laughs> inside? And, so, and yeah, it's like, why do I feel the same way inside? And it would just kind of be like, sometimes I couldn't even believe it was me. I, I would go through this stage of, I did that. And, but, but I'm just me. I'm little right. old me. And people are emailing me saying, wow, 
this is an amazing clock. And I wouldn't, I couldn't get around that. Yeah. And it would just drive my friends insane. Like I, it, you know, my friend would say, my friend Kathy would say, I would give anything to be in your shoes right now. And you don't even feel, you know, so I really had to like take a step back, you know? Yeah. And like be able to be, and I talk, I talk about this usually in my, um, like my personal social media pages, specifically like Instagram is that you have to learn to, um, celebrate yourself because I think right. that's what we miss right we don't right. celebrate ourselves enough we have all these big goals we're accomplishing things and we mm-hmm. don't like just take a minute and pat yourself on the back right, you, right. Did <laughs> like, you did that <laughs> like, that so, was all you girl crazy. and I'm and I can say that I'm to that point in life now. I'm, I'm and it's taken this journey it's taken this journey and it's taken opening opening up my page to the world to other people for me to get to this point where it's like i am so proud of my success don't get me wrong some days i have my moments where it's just like (laughs) we all do and my and and my friends are there to slap me back into reality like and you need those friends and you need those kind of friends and even if you got family to kind of smack you back into that reality but i think a lot of it also you know, has to do with being a person of color, especially a black woman. Anything that we do, it doesn't matter if you do something good at times, it can be seen as negative. A negative, yeah. If you stand up for yourself, oh, you know, Rhonda's being too defiant or Mm -hmm. Rhonda has an attitude. And I think a lot of that imposter syndrome sometimes comes from feeling inadequate about things because we're always seen in a negative light. Mm-hmm. And I think for us, it adds like a little bit of double dose of, you know, that inadequacy at times, because it doesn't matter what you do, you're always going to be seen as A, B, or C. Now, granted, you shouldn't really care what people think of you. That's definitely, you know, a no brainer, but sometimes it does get a little bit heavy, especially yeah. when you're in uh, the technology field. Mm-hmm. God forbid, like you're on a team and you're like the only, you know, black woman and you're vocal about something. And then, you know, it becomes a negative, you know what I mean? It becomes like a negative. We deal with so many things, including situations like that, that sometimes you may not want to speak out or sometimes you may, you know, just kind of, oh, I'm not going to do this. But, you know, we have to break that cycle for sure. So, oh, yeah. you know, not to say that a lot of that for me, it was just, you know, the position that I'm in, you know, I really love what I do. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's just like, sometimes I would just kind of say like, man, this, like, I'm doing these amazing projects. I can't like, I, I, why do I feel so inadequate about, about it? And yeah. no matter how many times people was like, this is great, you know, great job. I just couldn't believe that it was me mm-hmm. that's doing and, all of this amazing work. Yeah. And that's sort of uh, one of the reasons why I started Bridges in Tech was yeah. obviously for this story because oh. I love stories and I hear the stories all the time, but I didn't have a way to document them. Uh, right, right. right. And I know that a lot of people would benefit from just hearing other people's stories. I mean, it doesn't even have to be like, oh, this is what you need to do and blah, blah, blah. It's literally just me hearing what happened to you and what you did is inspiring and motivates somebody else. And I started Bridges in Tech because I wanted to have that community where uh, women of color can come together and they can get that support that they need and they can get that resources. It's great because, you know, these are real feelings that, you know, a lot of times people don't really talk about. You know, you you can have your daily nine to five, Monday to Friday. And people don't sit and talk about, because, you know, when you go into work, you have a job, you know, you go and you do your job. You know, I do my job to the best of my ability and I love my colleagues, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, I go home and then I've got more work. And it's sometimes you don't get a chance to really stop and talk, you know, or some people might not really relate to what you're going through or your issues and things like that, you know? So, um, I think for me, you know, a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've done, it's definitely been an amazing journey and being placed in this field of information technology. I've learned so much as I've grown. 
you know, yeah. I'm not the same person that I was two years ago, you know, and um, <laughs> two years ago before that, you know, first coming into IT, I came in as like a junior secretary um, and under a CIO, a chief information officer. Um, and at the time, because I was just straight out of college, I didn't know everything there was to know about tech. You know, mm -hmm. I had some coding experience, but you know, when you're fresh out of college, you, you know, you have that opportunity to grow and learn as you go along. And, um, you know, so I went in as like a junior secretary, I learned the ropes and things like that, learned how the whole department works and just learned everything that there is to know about information technology. And when you think of information technology, there are so many different areas of information technology that you can go, it's just, it's massive. So when people ask me for advice on getting into the tech field or, you know, I'll get people to DM me and say, hey, you know, I want to learn the code, you know, where should I start? And I always tell people, you know, if you want to code, uh, be serious about it. You know, coding is something, coding is more of memory, more so than anything else. So when you're learning how to code, it's like, it's more memory. Like when you go in and you build something, you're, you're doing most of the code from memory. And I always tell people when you start off the things that you should want to learn first is going into the HTML and then the CSS. And then after the CSS, the JavaScript, once you get that foundational knowledge of code and then you can move on to like some of the like backends and you know, stuff like that. So mm -hmm. I always tell people, you know, if you really want to get started, you know, you have to learn the foundational stuff first, and then you can kind of branch off from there. You know, you may want to learn Python, or you may want to learn more JavaScript and things like that. So I always tell people that's where to start. Um, and it's always a learning experience. You can know, you can be a huge professional in every single language, but you will always find yourself going back. You will always find yourself going back and just kind of restudying some things to kind of brush up on your skills. And I do that all the time. So don't ever think that because you know this language or that language that you should never go back to relearn things. Always take that opportunity to go back and practice and brush up on your code and your skills because you just mm -hmm. never know. And in technology now, it, I feel like it's great to have a, a knowledge of every aspect. Well, not necessarily every aspect, but it's just good to know. The coding side, it's good to know about the operating system or it's good to know about the software and the hard hardware, because at some point you're probably going to be dealing with those things. Even if you may just want to be a web developer, it's good to know Windows, it's good to know how to run a Mac or go into the settings of those particular operating systems and know what you're doing in regard to that. Because you could be hired as a web developer or a designer, but you may need to know a little bit more of the other things too. And that may also give you an advantage because you have that expertise to know, expertise in those other areas. So I think that it's always good to learn um, not just one thing, but just kind of mm -hmm. broaden your knowledge to more than one thing, even if it's something that you're not really interested in. Mm -hmm. It doesn't hurt to learn at least some basics on what you're doing. So I always tell people that. Like, you want to get into it? And that's a common theme in technology is that you right. always have to be learning, right? Because mm -hmm. unlike a lot of other professions, you learn it once and it's sort of static the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Technology isn't like that. By the time you're done learning, the one thing, there's something new. It's something new. Technology is If you don't like learning, it's probably not a good field for yeah, you because you've never good. done learning. Yeah, it's probably not for you. And some people go into it and say, you know what, this is not for me. And, you know, I tell them that's okay. Like you went in and you, you put in that effort and you try, it's something that you try to learn and people go in and they fit, they figure out that, hey, it's not what they want to do. And that's absolutely okay. You know, the fact is that, you know, you took a step, you gave it a try, you either like it or you don't, but, and it's not for everybody and that's okay. You know, so yeah. I tell them that you don't be afraid to switch professions. Like, if this is not what you like, go into something else. And the good thing mm -hmm. about tech is that, hey, if you don't like the development side of things or you don't like the front end or the back end of coding, or you can go into communications. You can go into business solutions. There are different areas that you can focus on and you never know. You might like being an analyst more so mm -hmm. than a developer, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's that's the good thing. That's one of the things that I do like about being in the tech field. You and can go into it, mobile. 
you know? Right. You may not like anything else, but you like mobile, you know? Right. And I love, I love technology just for that reason is this, uh, the ability to move into different areas. And in my 10 years of experience over 10 years now, uh, I have done a little bit of everything and I do the a year and a half or two years in each uh, category and go, okay, that works. Just like when I got started in tech, web development was my thing. I had just taken an HTML class. I mm-hmm. was in college for computer networking uh, and network security, but I took an HTML class and I loved it. I designed the website and I was like, this it's is like, amazing. Oh, this That's is how it's work. This is right, how it works. Right. This is how you build a website. Right. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, this is going to be my jam. And then I did an internship with a web development company um, that I got hired in. And I think I did that for a little bit. And I decided, okay, well, <laughs> I don't yeah, I mean, know. Let's always, try something okay else. Right? Up, but it, you know what? It's okay to change up. Right now, um, it's so funny that you mentioned that because although, you know, I love doing like the web development uh, for work because we're, we're heavily focused on moving uh, a lot of the applications to the cloud and, you know, we're doing software as a service and infrastructure as a service. I recently delved more into cloud. So I'm learning more of Azure and after Microsoft Azure, you know, my goal, one of like my work goals is to move on to learning more about AWS. So for me, I'm trying to learn as much as I can about the cloud technologies because I feel like, again, future state, when you think about the future state, you know, most of everything is being moved to the cloud. And so if you're looking into being in the tech field, it's good to know that as well. So I just recently came from a Microsoft conference, which is really good information. And that particular Microsoft conference, they were heavily focused on cloud. It was just mm-hmm. one of the big, it's just there and it's in the now. And more people are realizing that, you know, hey, if we can offload some of our on-site, you know, applications and, and, and systems onto the cloud, it'll not only save us money, you know, we are basically paying for only the things that, you know, we manage. And it's just kind of like you basically are, you're saving a lot of money. So for me, as far as work is concerned, I'm learning more on the business solution side of things. So I can work with the business solutions team. And so part of that, you know, I'll need to know the ins and outs of Azure and, and, you know, the Microsoft 0365 and things like that. So for me, my direction in the office has moved a little bit, shifted to learning more about cloud to kind of to stay in line with what our work goals are. Mm -hmm. But then on the outside of that, I'm also continuing my path on to doing more full stack development. So it's just kind of like I've got both. It's kind of yeah, like you've got both, the so. both worlds. So right. you, you've got like your work goals and then you've got like your personal, personal goals. goals. And yeah, yes. hope that, you know, you can kind of mesh those goals together. But for me right now, I've got two sets of goals, which I think is good. Uh, as long as you keep a good balance, as long as right. you have a good balance in what you're doing, everything will fall into place. So, you know, and I'm right. hoping that I can implement some of like my personal goals and all of that into my work. So, right. Well, pray for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am praying for you because you are you've got this and you've done amazing things in the past and this is minor. <laughs> so Yeah, I mean it's a it's a really exciting year. I'm really excited for this year, Derek. I've got like a couple of things upcoming um that that are down the pipe. Some of them I can't really talk about yet, but um, all right. <laughs> gotta sign a couple of NDAs. But, <laughs> but aside from that, <laughs> yeah, so there's, like there's really like a lot going on this year, and I'm just really excited for you know the future and what everything holds. And if I could motivate people, anybody, you know, yes. to if they're looking to go into that field or anybody that's looking for advice on you know things like that. I'm always happy to like chat and chat, you know, yeah. chat and just, and, you know, help steer them in the right direction. I mean, no job or no task is too big or too small. You know, even if you feel stumped on something, you know, you can always Google or you have people that, that are there that are willing to help you. It's really just a matter of reaching out. And I'm very fortunate to have had a lot of people that I don't know reach out to me saying, hey, you know, you know, I saw your post or whatever, you know, could you help me with this line of code or how would I go about getting started where do I go and you know right. there are a lot of programs now there are a lot of we didn't have this either <laughs> coming up 
but right. there are a lot of <laughs> you can have any of this stuff and I think that it's good because now you know in the age of technology you've got iPads you've got your phone you can easily just download an app and practice so you know there's solo learn and all of these different um websites where you can go now and like learn and like brush up on your you know code and things like that which I think is really good because back then we didn't really have that. I just kind of route everything down on paper. <laughs> now, look where we've gone. We've got everything from like TikTok. We've got oh, Discord. Man, we've, got Reddit. Videos. <laughs> we've got GitHub. So there's so many different, there's Stack Overflow for people who want to go in and they need help with their code. Uh, so you've got like Stack Overflow. There are so many different coding, online coding um, tools that you can use just to test your code. You've got a code pen, you've got brackets. So there's just like so many different avenues that you can go through now just to just to practice, to practice mm -hmm. and test your code out to make sure to see if it works. And again, this really just goes back to uh, when I spoke about repetition and just note you it's really more about memory and repetition of doing it and practicing. Because then after mm -hmm. that, you have it all in your head and you can just go and you can easily write a line of code. Like once you have that foundational skill so right how can people reach you so if somebody wanted some coding advice um and oh, you know well, imposter syndrome or whatever yeah. <laughs> how do you want them to uh, is it email that's best for you i mean yeah, i'm gonna you guys can your... email me you guys can okay. definitely email me anytime at missrondahill at gmail.com now let me spell okay. that out for you because i don't want you to put an r in that it's ms rondahill at gmail.com and okay. of course i am on instagram at rhonda.codes and you mm -hmm. can also check out my webpage at rondahill.dev so i am heavily available and if you are in the new york city area or if you are planning to come to the new york city area anytime soon uh just drop me a note and i'll be happy to meet y'all so yeah Definitely. All of Rhonda's information is obviously av available in the description. So uh, check her out, reach out to her uh, with questions about coding, how to navigate the workplace um, as a black woman or a woman of color. You never know who needs yeah, to. Yeah, or, or just navigating through life because, you know, yeah. life, is, um, <laughs> life has its challenges. And, um, you know, so if you ever need some. <laughs> Yeah, brunch, brunch ideas. Stuff. Brunch ideas. <laughs> listen, cooking tips. Like, listen, I am here for you. So there just, you go. Um, See, just reach out. That's exciting. I wanted to ask one question, uh, sure. which was, what is one of your the favorite uh, one of your favorite projects you've worked on? One of my favorite projects, well, there's actually two, but <laughs> one of my favorite projects, and I'll, and I'll tell you guys this story, one of my favorite projects that I worked on was when I first got into doing Fitbit clocks, I created, and I'll, pro I'll send you a picture of it in case you want to post it. Um, I created a Fitbit clock, and it was based on, it's like a gamer clock. It's based on Nintendo, Super Mario, and I worked so hard on this clock. I put in, I don't know how many hours on this clock and I was so proud of it. Okay. And I submitted it to Fitbit and it got rejected. <laughs> and that was my most, and it's so funny. And the reason why I'm telling this story is because that was one of my, for me, one of my proudest clocks and that one got rejected. So I always want to tell people to keep going. And the reason why it got rejected was because at the time, I didn't realize that there were infringement um, how, how do I say this? How do I say this? This goes back to me being naive a little bit about some yeah. things and not really thinking things through because I'm so excited and passionate about a project that I. So I submitted this clock to Fitbit and it got rejected due to copyright. Mm. Um, it, it was basically, you know, you need to have a license if you're trying to build a product. And, um, and I learned a lot from that experience. Um, mm -hmm. so, and since then I've made sure that I've obtained licenses and, you know, all of the, all of the things that you need when you're, especially in the development side of things, when, when you're building anything, when you're creating projects and you're using like a wall, a background or something like that. Um, so it's important to, you basically know, like the legal side of, of everything that you're doing. So for mm -hmm. me, I really wanted to get that story out because although it was one of my favorite projects, it got rejected. 
and got redundant. Yeah, it, for me, it was like a learning experience and um, learning how to do that. And I reached out to Nintendo. I reached out to everybody that I could reach out to because I was so passionate about this clock. And okay. I didn't, I never got a response from Nintendo, but they did direct me to their page saying that we do not offer licenses for our products. <laughs> and I was so hurt by this. I'm, I was so hurt by this. Like, how am I going to get this product out? So they said, we do not offer licenses for our products and to use your best judgment, basically. So mm. I never, I never reached yet. Yeah, some companies are like that though. Like some companies, especially like when you're dealing with like Nintendo or America, some of the bigger companies, they only offer licenses to other bigger companies. So let's say for mm. example, if you were uh, Levi's or just a big company and they wanted to use, they wanted to make Nintendo, Nintendo would likely grant them a license because they're a big company. But if you're just kind of like a developer, you know, or something like that, and you want to create something and you want to uh, obtain a license, it is harder to obtain a license for some companies. So keep that in mind, anything that you're trying to create, you know, and you may want to, even if it's like a small portion, like, you know, something that you're trying to use from like a company or just anywhere, um, there are guidelines that are in place. So some of them things, some of those things you might not be able to use. So mm-hmm. I learned that, but I learned it in an interesting way. I rather my clock be rejected than me putting it yes, out there. Than I get a cease and desist or be sued from Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. So that was one of my proudest clocks that I that I've created and I could But use it. but you can still show a photo of it without I can it still I can still on, show okay. a photo of it. So I will put it for educational purposes uh, um obviously. Um okay. I know I would I would I would share that with uh, everyone. So make yeah, sure to yeah, check so that, that out. That's one of my <laughs> <laughs> but you were able to later on still be able to design things for Fitbit, oh, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, even though they rejected that particular idea. Yeah. 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 So it, it's just that, you know, a lot of people, you know, tend to forget because they, you know, they just go and they use something, but they totally forget about the legal repercussions that it might incur if you try to, you know, do something like that. Now, if you were to build build a project based on the concept or the idea, and it doesn't necessarily look like Nintendo stuff, but you've got like a little, then you should be okay. But if you're strictly mm-hmm. using something like a character, and this mm-hmm. goes with anything like a character, it could be Nickelodeon, it could be any character or whatever that you're using, you have to be mindful of that. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, build Solid your products advice. from scratch. Yeah, yeah, build your products from scratch. And if you want to use something, you know, you can, you can do a concept sort of art. But always, always, if you're using uh, something like that and you are allowed to use it, you always give props to the person that created the original design. You know, that's one rule that, you know, us as developers, we go by. If, you, if you're if using something, you definitely give credit to whoever it is. And it's kind of like, you know, if you, it's sort of like when you're on GitHub, if you see a project and you do a pull request, you know, if you've ever done a pull request on GitHub, it's like, you know, that pull request shows that, you know, or if you're pulling like a project, it, you see that it's the other person's original work and you're basically just building from there. So it's sort of like that. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Thank uh, you yeah. so much for your time. I appreciate it. I think we had some really good conversations. Yeah, and, and thank you for having me. I really appreciate of it. Of course. 